Welcome to the uh, Kids and Money Podcast. I'm Chad Jones. I'm a financial advisor, a certified financial planner with Allen & Company. Uh, you can uh, find us at alleninvestments.com or you can call me at 863-688-9000 or 616-6054. And today uh, we are shifting the podcast a little bit, still about kids and money, but we've covered the lessons uh, that we're going to cover for now. And now I get to have the fun of bringing in guests, other parents of kids. And today I have with me Holland Henderson also a financial advisor at Allen & Company. Uh, and I have uh, Miss Robin Chaddock, who is the marketing director at Allen & Company. Uh, but back to Holland, he's my uh, chief guest speaker today, and he's had 17 years in the industry, correct? Yeah, something like that. 17 years in the industry, started out with a national life insurance company and uh, garnered much recognition and elevated to the position of of kind of running agents in Central and South Florida. That sounds fancy. And then uh, right, and then we stole them. We totally stole them. And, uh, went into the the deep pockets of that uh, company and and, and yanked <laughs> us out of Holland. So uh, he, and he also has his own blog and podcast called Risk and Reward, which we may talk about a little bit later. But thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate yeah, man. It. I'm already a little jealous. This already sounds way better than mine. <laughs> It's already, I mean, you're stellar. I'm the Boy Scout, remember? You know, I'm oh, man. sit there, look stuff up. And, it's smooth. And, uh, I got to be sure. honest. This is, a, this is real smooth. I like this a lot. Well, it's all downhill from here. So okay, fantastic. If that was the high point. Yeah, that, that was it. That was the high point. Well, you, when you welcomed me as a guest, that's whenever, that's that's when it went poorly. Right, right. Yeah. Now everybody's going to find out who you are. And like, right, oh, well, right. Okay, right. what else is on the radio? <laughs> right. What else is, what other podcasts can I listen to? And Joe Rog- Rogan, or Ro- whatever his name is. I, don't yeah. know. I think it's Rogan. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Rogan. Yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> All right. So we're talking about kids and money. So tell mm-hmm. us about your family. What are the How many kids? What are the ages? Uh, so far, we have three children. And you could think, well, are there more on the way? My wife says no, but who knows whatever God says. That's right. Right? That's right. Um, we have three. My oldest is nine years old, middle child, which is seven. And then uh, our youngest is three, and uh, they they uh, it's it's girl boy girl. I give him the same blessing that I gave that I was given, which is I was caught in the middle between two two girls as well. There you go. There yep. you go. Yep. And I, I have I have one boy and one girl, so I'm, I'm we're, we still you know we were able to play man to man the whole time. So oh yeah, we're definitely in zone defense. Uh, so one of my friends came up to me one time and he goes, "Are y'all going to have any more kids?" And I said, I think we're done for right now. And uh, he said, Are you gonna hold with what you got? You know, <laughs> is that does they look promising? I said, It's like the scene in Austin Powers whenever he's playing back blackjack, and he's like, You got an eight? He goes, I'll hold. He goes, Sir, I suggest you hit. I'll hold. I'll hold. Hold right here. <laughs> right here. Yeah. It's where we're, I need to be. And we're going to take our girls uh, this week and go to a college football game. Yeah. Yeah. We're so, going to, yeah. Oh, that, that'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the, the football game, but, True. Uh, True. you know, we'll, Gators. We will make our own fun. We will. It'll be <laughs> very enjoyable just hanging out with you. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to the time. If there happens to be a football game that's played, then we'll address that situation as well. Gotcha. Well, hey, you, you're kind of first in the shoot as a as a guest speaker for my podcast here, so I'm kind of developing the questions I want to ask. And one of the mm-hmm. first ones that popped in my head as I was kind of writing down my little agenda here again, the Boy Scout, 
is uh, well, actually, I got that from you. You had a nice agenda last time I was here. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah, I'm so to have you're rubbing agenda. off on me. And so let's get into it. Uh, the question is, who has influenced you as a dad? Um, I obviously, I think the the most obvious answer would be my parents, sure. right? I mean, I got to watch them on on the job training, parenting me. Um, and and for you know I. I think we need to give our parents as much credit as they possibly can because the way that I look at my parenting right now is we I can read as many books, I can hear, listen to as many blogs, I can get as much um, information as I possibly can. It's still on the job training, right? Right. right. So um, looking at my parents, I would say that they they were the number one uh, trainer in parenting, and I might have been a little bit of a weird kid because I was. I was taking notes even whenever I was a kid. I was like, okay, this is how I want to parent. I want to make sure I'm doing this, or I don't want to make sure I'm doing this. That's pretty impressive. It, it was, I, I was a very weird kid, and I'm the first to admit that. Um, I knew I wanted to have kids at some point in time. I knew that that was, I mean, I just, I felt like that was the normal progression of a family. Right. I wanted to have a wife. I wanted to have kids and a well, career. It's interesting that you use the word weird because I actually use that word with my kids as a, a way to say you're different from other other kids. And I use weird just to kind of, mm-hmm. I guess, cover that gap between other kids potentially not making fun of them, but maybe they can see the difference as far as the popularity and, and all that kind of stuff. Networks, not that they don't have friends at school, but I'm like, look, the weirdness is you know, or called you a nerd or whatever. And I always say that's a good thing to be called a nerd. Uh, the weirdness is you have a higher standard for yourself than most kids do. Mm. And that's what that reflects to me is you taking notes is you have a higher standard for it. You, you knew earlier on, I wanted to perform well at something. So you had a, this internal standard uh, that you probably didn't call it that, but that's what that weirdness is, you know, with the kids. Yeah. And I, I don't know what that would have, you know, what the root of that was. I wanted to do it well. Right. Um, you know, even at that age. So I'd say first my parents, just because I could, like I said, watch them do what they were doing. Um, and then after that, it seems like there's, there's just different points of my life where there was an influential character, right? The, the main, so you take my parents and then mm-hmm. after that, there's a subcategory of really influential people that were mainstays in my life, either for a season or long standing. And then after that, I mean, just gathering, you know, smaller vignettes of time with people that were like, oh, well, that's a really interesting way to parent. That's a really interesting thing to do. Um, you know, w- w- just something as small as um, uh, technology. H- having some friends that that had older kids, they'd given them devices, and uh, they eventually ended up having those devices plugged in at night on the counter in a main area. I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. Cause I feel like a lot of people got caught flat footed whenever we were giving handheld devices to our kids. So just little vignettes of, like that, that I carry within my heart that I want to make sure I applied my parenting. Well, that's great. Thanks. When we come back from the break, uh, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more. Okay, and we're back. We have Holland Henderson with us, and he's given us some great points in the other uh, uh, session uh, about the influences he's had as a dad. And so I kind of want to go a little deeper. 
any uh, money finances taught in the home when you were growing up by your parents? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they they said, okay, this is a lesson in money. I don't think it was that intentional. I actually interviewed my dad here recently. I called him up and I said, hey, my son's a lot like me. I want to get your perspective on what it's like raising me. You know, what was the things that you did well and what, did it, what are the things that you did poorly? And he answered in the most infuriating way. He he gave me the answer. I literally was angry at him, and I told him, I was like, I'm mad at you right now. And he said there was a lot of guesswork that was going into it, and I was just I was just very responsive to situations that came up. And I said the whole time when we were growing up, I was playing chess and you were playing checkers. Is that what you're telling me? And so it was really just a it was a fun conversation. It wasn't I, mean, I wasn't really mad with them. But I don't think my parents thought of this is going to be a lesson in money per se, but they lived out in the open in front of us, okay. right? So so when when it came to money, they were— and This is fascinating because mine were the opposite. Very loving parents, but money was a closed-off subject. Yeah, and so I've noticed that with a lot of people in our generation. It was—you know, there was very few people that were in the middle where the parents disclosed a portion of it. You know, they they were either completely shut off or completely open. And the valve was fully open, and then someone had snapped it off, hmm. too, is the way that I, w- I would describe it. And the reason why is because I believe my parents were saying, we're going to live out our faith as Christians that God's going to provide for us. My dad was in the ministry, and we were not a wealthy family by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, you could have stopped the ministry, and I think people would have known the second part. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and so there was, I mean, there was a lot of times that, um, you know, uh, my parents were working their hardest to make sure that we had, you know, to, were able to meet the the needs that we had. And so they were, they were actively saying, hey, listen, we need to make sure that we're praying for these things in our life, we need to make sure that uh, you understand that this is a, a a need that we need to have supplemented. Okay. So they were very wide open with it. Anything particular, like a certain memory, either either about the finances or just uh, what you've learned about being a dad, either, either one that pops up to you? Yeah, I think so. I don't know that I would have gone full bore open with everything and snapped off the valve. I think you can share too much to a child because then their imaginations can run wild. Right. What's an example of something that might be a little bit beyond the pale? Oh gosh. I mean, I don't think I want my kids consistently concerned on whether we're going to be able to make it or not. Right. Right. I'll I'll just keep it brief like that. I think my, I know my parents, my parents did a great job raising us. I'm not. I'm not taking pot shots at them at their their abilities, but I just wanted to take what they had given me and then and then change it up a little bit. And so I want my kids in, involved in what we're doing as a family, over overarching. But I don't. They don't need to get in the magoo of it. They don't need to get in the in the the muck and the mire of decision making. I never want my kids worried about where their next meals are coming from unless it's an all call, all hands on deck type thing. We still, I mean, you know, we, we pray together as a family every single night and we pray for God's provision. Um, we, we make sure that it's, that they fully understand that, um, that we're very fortunate, right? In the sense of we get three square a day. Um, you guys get clothes on your back, you get, Shoes on your feet, you got a roof over your head, and that's a blessing in and of itself. 
Great. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it because, like I said, I had a different upbringing, and that's the whole idea now for the direction of this podcast is to bring on people who didn't have the same experience I had, you know, Mm -hmm. these lived experiences. And we've talked about it before on the podcast, wisdom is born of success and failure, and it's it's born of lived experience combined with a knowledge set, right? So knowledge sets are different. Common sense is different just from where we grew up. Even though you grew up in Mulberry, I grew up in Plant City, it still could be different yeah. uh, just, just from those experiences. So, so I appreciate that. Uh, what have you done in your home specifically to share lessons on money? Do you have an example? Yeah. So we, uh, you know, just like everybody in 2020, we decided to put a pool in. Right. Because I, you know, we, we looked at, uh, my wife and I, you know, just assessed our, do we want to move? No, we like our neighbors. We like our house. We like where we're at. Um, what's, what's going to make us, you know, happy if we're making updates to our house. And the resounding answer from my wife was a pool. I'm not really a swimming person. I don't frolic in it. I love hanging out with my kids and it's an avenue to play, but that the, we had made the either the mistake or just the overlook that we were talking about it uh, in the kitchen and had not officially presented it to the children, it was still very much an idea. Um, and we brought it up. And uh, my oldest uh, came to the kitchen and said, are we getting a pool? And I said, maybe. And I said, it just depends. I said, Sadie, it depends on finances. It depends on if it works. We want to be good stewards of what we have. Now, your, your oldest at the time, sorry to interrupt, is what, seven at the time? Uh, yeah, seven, okay. almost eight, probably. Okay. And she goes, so we're getting a pool. I said, well, it, we, you know, it really depends on stewardship. We want to be wise with our money. So I, I do talk to my kids that way. I want to make sure that if they're going to ask an adult question, we're going to talk about it in a very adult manner. Because we're raising, our idea is we're not raising good kids. We're, we're trying to raise functional adults. Sure. And um, so she runs off into her room. And she comes back and slams a $5 bill on the table. And she says, now can we get a pool? <laughs> right? And I was like, man, we're so close. <laughs> if we could just, That's you know, open up thing. the coffers a little bit more, then maybe we'll get there. And so I was like, baby, we don't need your money. Uh, thank you for wanting to pitch in and be a part of this. So I, right now with their ages, I don't know if I need to – come out and say, hey, this is how you balance a checkbook. This is how you keep a budget. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to do real-world life experiences and teach them through that and then just have an open, honest conversation. Now, she didn't need to see the spreadsheet of us deciding to put a pool in or not a pool, put a pool in, and I wasn't bringing in um, any you know income basis or anything like that. Right. I know one thing we've done with our kids when they were about that young uh, is kind of institute this idea of opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. You know, you have choices, right? Uh, do, do you have an example where you're able to do that with kids by any chance? Like, you know, like, hey, I know you want this, but I also know you want this and this, and you can't have all of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it comes more in the interaction with their brother or their sister. Okay. Right. Um, to where we can, because as a parent, you're going to play the part of uh, either the judicial branch or the mediator. Sure. Right. You're either passing out judgment or you're helping them mediate. And so we, we try to help them mediate as much as possible. Like, Hey, we're all team members, go team Henderson. You know, we need to work together. So right now, a lot of it is, um, you know, outward faced and community. Right. And so their community right now, uh, for the most part, is their either their sisters or their brother. Right. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, one thing that we do is they, they don't really have, we don't pay an allowance, um, but they do collect money from different things from, you know, an odd job or something that, that they've done. We try to help them think through those things because a lot of times trading gets involved at their age, right? Like I've got a quarter that clearly weighs more than a $5 bill. So the quarter's worth more than the $5 bill. They're still right. trying to figure out what units of money are, right? Sure. Sure. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to take those real world scenarios and and help them understand fairness and then property rights. And as weird as that sounds, right? So we want them to be outward faced towards each other to think about your brother or sister in different situations, think about generosity, but generosity should only be applied if you want to. I see. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah for sure. Shifting gears a little bit, I'm going to pull uh, Robin in uh, announced at the top of the podcast. We have uh, Robin Chaddock, our marketing director, uh, with us. So this idea, what I wanted to pull you in on is, do you remember roughly the age of your kids? I know you got older kids uh, out of the house, and and I'm almost there, Um, whereas Holland's oldest is nine. But do you remember kind of how early you, you tried to influence them as far as money or finances or anything like that so i thought actually chad you were going to ask me uh at what point they were going to going to stop asking you for money <laughs> so that's not the question <laughs> okay. okay and yeah, holland is stop. like you're way down the road, my friend you got years and years um at what point um do you recall when they maybe started asking questions about money or i remember very vividly um, being in the car, and at that time I was a single mom, and the two were in the back seat. We were headed to a birthday party, and we had to pick something up on the way to the birthday party. And my daughter, who at that time would have been, I'm going to say somewhere around Sadie's age, like eight or nine, and very familiar with brands like Bank of America in particular. And I said, well, we're, we're not going to do that because that's really not in the budget. And she looked at me and her head snapped and pointed at Bank of America, which happens to be very close in geography to where we are now. And she said, but mom, there's money right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was at about eight um, when, you know, it was like, okay, now we need to start having some pretty serious discussion. That's perfect. That, yeah. That's what I was trying to, so that's why I pulled you in, you know, Holland. And even though my kids aren't far off the edge of his, I'm, you know, things are starting to get a little foggy. I'm like, when, when did we start doing that? Um, but I think what I'm hoping everybody hears, uh, who's listening to this podcast is, it's probably a lot younger than you think that you can start uh, sharing some of these concepts. And, and and they don't always have to be with the condition of, of tangible money. Uh, you know, these ideas of opportunity cost and budgeting, things I've talked about before. You can start kind of sharing those lessons when you get, you know, a, a rocket voice in the back seat going, hey, there's a place with a lot of money in it. You're like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. You know, they could start to grasp probably even before that, you know, here's two pieces of candy. You can only have one. Which one is it? You know, is my example. Okay, well, the one you didn't pick is called an opportunity cost. You know, and they run off and they don't know what that means. But you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. 
pretty soon they their eyes start rolling about opportunity cost when you mention it, you know. But after a few years, they're talking to their friends. You'll overhear them like, "Well, what's the opportunity cost of your, you know, <laughs> your choice?" And they're like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, so that's that's the you know I always say the gold ring or whatever. I think you know by now through my podcast there's like a gazillion gold rings. But anyway, that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, and and to you know to the point of gold rings, I really just want to kind of say after having the podcast with your two kids in it, it was such a um, telling and incredible experience to see how much of it they really have retained. Yeah, I was and, actually and I know you were nervous. Pleasantly surprised. I yeah. was nervous myself. But, but they pulled out those cards. By the way, I really want one of those cards. <laughs> I feel like I maybe have almost graduated the class of 52 lessons. Right. Um, but it was really, really incredible to see them kind of share that whole experience with our listeners. It okay. A, a fun podcast. I appreciate that. And we'll use the, uh, the break to uh, fill Holland in on the card. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, now we're back, and the card has been explained to Holland, so he's all over it now. But uh, he, he said he wants one, too. I do. <laughs> does, so, it, does it come in Apple Pay? <laughs> so with your kids, I, I, I don't know if you wanted to say their names on, on the podcast here, but with your your uh, your oldest daughter and your mm-hmm. son, uh, you said you got some more stories about them and money. I uh, Please share. Yeah, I, I mean, I so... It's it's fun at this age, and it's fun to think about in contrast to the way that you're very intentional about making sure that they understand what a budget is and making sure that they understand. And really the bend that we have taken is how are we treating money as a tool to either help ourselves or help other people, right? And so that's that has really been our parenting style, it doesn't mean that we're not teaching them um, budgeting by any means. I mean, they, like I said, we, whenever they go to the store and they've got their little wad of cash, which by the way, I'm such a millennial that I realize that I carry cash like they do because I don't really carry cash around. And I'm like, what is money? Um, uh, so anyways, just watching them and I'm like, Hey, listen, remember every, every single yes is something else's no. Right. Uh, most of the way that they budgets through my money. Opportunity cost. Yeah, yeah, it's opportunity cost. But, you know, I just wanted to break it down for them. Like, listen, if you're going to say yes to this toy, and there's, trust me, there's been a lot of regret in in Target. Usually whenever my family members go to Target, I'm the one that's regretful, right? Because I'm the breadwinner of the family, and then I get sad whenever we're spending money. But there, there's been times that they've purchased, the kids have purchased things with their own money, and then all of a sudden they're like, this wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be yeah. in the euphoria of the store. Well, I think what's beautiful about the picture you're painting is you're making them think of the whole give, save, live thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And it's important, the order of those words, right? You give, you save, and then you live. And what it does is it helps kids understand not to make decisions in a vacuum. Yeah. Right? Because we're opening the blinders and say, okay, consider what you're not – the no's – because of the yes you're you're providing but you take those blinders even further by saying considering what you can give yeah you know so it's not even the blinders move to see what your options for yourself are but what are your options outside of yourself yeah and how how is that going to affect your the world around you right, right? not just from a generosity standpoint but the things that you purchase are going to affect your life and your world well right now my kids life and their world is caught into it, it the boundaries are really our house 
for the most part, and then they're a little bit of their neighborhood, and then maybe their their school and their church, right? right. I mean, it's just it's not a really developed world for them. The right. world's so big and expansive, um, it, but if they purchase something or they spend that money or there's a, a level of greed and not generosity, it's going to affect their relationships with their siblings. And we try to point that stuff out. Right. Um, right. right? And so the other day uh, we were driving down the car and my son looked at my oldest daughter and said, I need a pencil because I want to do some math. I don't know where he's getting that from. <laughs> I don't. I I listened so to this thing. Jokes. Yeah, and I was like, "Whose kid is this?" Like, not like an impressive. Like, what a nerd. That's what I was thinking. Like, what a nerd. He's want to do math in the car. Real quick, that gets us back to our weird thing, right? I mean, the, <laughs> right. the internal standard that kid set for himself to want to do math in the car. Oh, I love him. He's so great. So, anyways, he looked at Sadie and uh, said, "Hey, uh, I need a I need a pen," and she goes, "I'm not going to give you one." And I was like, man, that's that's cold-hearted. And so he was like, Dad, can I have a pen? I was like, unfortunately, I do not have a pen. I do not have a pen. And um, he he looked back at her and said, hey, can I can I have a pen? And he she goes, I'm not going to give it to you. And I said, I said, Sadie, what? Why are you not giving him a pen? Like, what's the reason? She was like, I just don't want to. And I said, well, I want you to think of something. I want you to think of generosity. Your brother's in need, and he wants to do math for some reason. I have no idea, but math is not going to hurt anybody. Would you, I said, I want you to make the decision to give him a pen. It's your pen. It's your property, but I'm not going to force it. And I mean, he cried that I wasn't going to force it, but I said, that's not a part of sharing. Sharing is a mindset to where you want to give. I shouldn't have to compel her to give. Right. 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 And so the best part was she opened up her backpack and was like, Where's my pencil case? I'm going to, my teacher's going to be mad. Couldn't find her pencil case. So it all came right back around. <laughs> so I'm curious, and uh, uh, your your lovely wife, Allie, yeah. um, uh, she's not here to defend herself. No. But, we can talk any way we want. She, yeah, that's right. <laughs> does she bring kind of the same experiences? Did she have a different upbringing? Has there been any communication or clash, for lack of a better term, over? Uh, sharing those types of uh, concepts with the kids. Uh, we're married, so definitely there was clashes right, right. for sure. I mean, that just comes with marriage, right? No, yeah. and, and so I think, um, I mean, obviously she'd have to speak for herself, but her family was much more um, quiet about money. It wasn't as though that they were trying to keep anything or they weren't suspect about anything. Um, her family some of the most generous people I've ever met. Um, they would They would live out their generosity but it wasn't in the the view of to for everyone to watch. It was just evident. Right. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. Yeah. I mean, they would do stuff, and then they would hear about it in the community. And and you're talking about they were two teachers. So I mean, let your imagination run wild. It wasn't as though she she came from uh, a very large uh, wealthy family, but they were very generous. But they just didn't. From my understanding, I didn't grow up in their house, but from my understanding, they didn't really have the conversation just because it wasn't needed. Right. Right? And so it's fun to and, – and Allie and I, as far as on the same page, I, I feel like we have the same mindset of the way that we want to, to train our kids in money. Um, money is such a big part of life, and so is everything else that you do in your marriage – 
as far as interaction with um, with people around you. Someone once told me there. They said, you know, whenever you're you're trying to figure out who you you want to marry, make sure that you, it's someone that you want to spend ninety percent of your life with in front of other people. And I was like, holy smokes, because well, so many times we want to make that decision based on what I like, right. but at the same time, and and that's true. But at the same time, I want to be able to be seen in public. And I was like, ninety percent. I'm not in public ninety percent of the time. The reality is, is that our kids are watching, right? And that's public. Yeah. Right. So there's so many conversations that happen out in front of them, either on purpose or not on purpose. So I feel like we have that, that we are in sync when it comes to having that dialogue openly in front of them. And if it's something that needs to be more private, then we take it to the other room. And I'm sure that assuages the issue you have that we all have that are financial advisors. You know, kids at some point realize what that means. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, whatever dad says about money, I'm listening to. You know? Yeah. And, and not because the mom said anything wrong. It's just we happen to have that professional capacity, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like that you've, you've been able to uh, overcome that obstacle if there ever was one. Uh, and it's not, well, you know, we'll listen to dad on money, but mom – She's not a professional money manager. <laughs> yeah, no, and and so one of the one of the great marriage pieces of marriage advice that I got was, um, I mean, in, in I guess in the Air Force, uh, whenever they're flying, you'll have commanders, you know, people that are higher ranking officers that are on the ground. But whenever they get up in the in the sky, it's whoever the flight commander is, which could be a lower ranking officer. And so, uh, you know, Ali is very talented at certain things. I'm very talented at certain things. And depending on what those are, I'm sure our kids key on that. Right. That's great. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. And uh, shifting gears a little bit, uh, you know, I kind of um, talked about your financial advisor, right? Mm -hmm. So. Today when I am. you are to, for today, for today only. And so when you're working with your clients, do they ever ask you about the kids or do you ever kind of? Yes, absolutely. I think, you, you know, the, those rooms, um, you know, when we get into our meeting rooms or we're at our office and we're talking about our clients, because money is an intersection point to so many parts of our life, you just happen to talk about kids. You happen to talk about ideas, uh, uh, you know, as far as when should you give them an allowance? You know, should I save for college? When do I introduce them to these types of things? How do I gift money to my adult children? And it's fun conversations. And the reason why money's the intersection is not because money is – money is not a – is it's just a – it's a tool. It's It's an inanimate object. It doesn't make decisions for you, Right. But because we, the value and the weight that we put on money is the reason why it pulls so many different strings in our life, right? It changes relationships. It, uh, you know, just not with individuals, but also organizations, how we feel about our work. I mean, th there's a whole conversation to be had there. So whenever we sit in front of a client and we're talking about it, it's inevitable that we're going to talk about everything from pen to post. Right. Um, so I... Yeah, we get the. I would say I get the question pretty frequently. A lot of times, it ends up being more of teenage to adult children, generally speaking, where people are asking for advice. That's interesting. Why do you think it's that? Because I don't. Range? Honestly, I mean, it, I, I've not read studies on it. I'm not. 
learned in this, but I would think that whenever our my kids are, are when our kids are my children's age, when they're in the lower grades, they're less intrusive about money, right? I mean, I get to dictate everything that they're doing in their world. They can't. I mean, if I decide to decide not to do anything, they can't do it because they don't have the money, they don't have the capacity, they don't have the knowledge. I mean, literally, they just follow me wherever I go. Right, they follow my wife wherever I go. Their decisions are made. Right. When they get older, that's when they're making decisions for themselves. But I think the 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 reason why you've written your blog, the reason why you're doing this podcast, and the thing that you're very talented at is it's way better to start teaching those lessons earlier in life, so that you have a springboard to to help them make decisions when they're making decisions is probably about the worst parenting. Uh, uh, approach you could possibly make in my personal opinion humble right. opinion i mean i mean we don't we don't have much bandwidth especially the more kids you start adding you know to the kitty there you yeah. know, you don't have a whole lot of bandwidth and and a lot of times those types, types of lessons are the ones that get get left out understandably so but right? i think uh, you know lessons have to be taught you know how much of repetition is learning Right. It's like all of it. Yeah, all of it. Because, <laughs> listen, if you've told me something once, you might as well schedule the second time, too, right. because you're going to have to tell me more than two times. For sure. Right? And so if you think of those jokers living in your house, they're the only people that are going to live around you, and you're going to have that much time with so that you can plant those seeds that you have to, to grow and water. So it's better to teach that to them whenever they're younger. Now, that doesn't mean that if you have adult children and you have teenage children and you've never taught them lessons on money, then you just shouldn't do anything. No, I think you should. But those people that have younger children don't wait until they're making the decisions on the for themselves. I think you have to help them understand what they're doing well before that. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I think the ember that, that uh, got things going for me is sitting across from clients going, you know, you guys are considering decisions that th this they're so fundamental. Mm -hmm. like they could have been figured out like when you're growing up, you know, if you had had. And so I'll find myself asking clients almost like a Freudian kind of thing, you know, like, so tell me about your parents and what they how oh, they yeah. worked with money. Well, it I'm, gives me a lot of insight into how they're thinking. How many times have you have you heard this quote? I wish they would have taught this in college. Oh, yeah. Or all, I wish the they would have taught this in high school. All the time. Yeah. All the time. So so what the two of you are really talking about is about building behaviors. And, you know, watching you with the lessons through the blog and now the podcast, I learned a lot through the written word, but I think the podcast was just really enlightening. And I think, and and I'm not a financial advisor, but what I would say about possibly or ask the two of you do you think that it's the point where um the children in your clients lives are getting ready to drive a car right or go to college yeah because if they've not instilled those behaviors you know and i and and you can speak to it obviously more clearly than i ever could then they are now scrambling and they've maybe been in a position where they haven't needed to worry about, but now they're going out into that big wide world we're mm -hmm. talking about. And how much exposure have they really had in terms of managing 
themselves. And that's really what that comes down to. Right? Well, I, I'll make two points here. The first one is uh, it hit me, I think it was last year or the year before. I mean, it hit me like a freight train when I realized it. I was like, holy smokes, I got to teach them how much. Like you're basically taking some uh, something and teaching it how to be a human. Right. I mean, we even have conversations. Hey, listen, you shouldn't put your knees up at the dinner table and relax like you're in a lounge chair because this is a table and I don't want to see your feet or your knees while we're eating. I mean, just simple stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like, don't chew with your mouth open. And I think as parents, we have so much coming at us to just train them to be a human that sometimes the difficulty of money, so I don't want to necessarily subscribe that everyone is just scrambling out there once their children get a little bit of freedom, but I think it's, oh, yeah, we have we haven't crossed this bridge yet, or I think there's a lot of people that are not talented in thinking about money themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so my second point is I think um, as far as teaching a lesson is concerned, there's so much of our society that teaches them to be a consumer, more than a saver, and you're just having to battle that too. So you're battling not only their own personal impulses and their attitudes towards money, but you're also battling a, a world that sends them ads on demand. Yeah, and I'll wrap this up. I think we're all on the same page. I'll wrap this up by saying the time before they become a teenager, you're not really spending any time with financial literacy. You're spending time with financial behavior, and it's not even it does, it's behavior in general, like like you uh, accurately put it. When you're thinking about opportunity cost and budgeting, and these sound very financial terms, but we budget our time, you know, and then that's one of the lessons I have. It's like you just help them learn to budget time. It will feed into finances when it comes time mm-hmm. to do that when they're a teenager. We, opportunity cost, you're making choices all the time. It doesn't always have to do with money, but you're always making choices, but so having a money lesson, like you said at the top of the podcast, Holland, is like we, we haven't said a we haven't sat down on a money lesson per se. Well, yeah, I I don't want to do that because you start saying, hey, we're about to do school and it's on this subject, <laughs> you know. Other than you know his son asking for a pencil so he can take notes, you know, most kids don't want to really want to pay attention. But if you make it more about the world around them, about the relationships around them, like Holland said, and the emotion that's tied to that tool, it is a tool. But it's got the most emotion tied to it than any tool in our kit bag. Um, so, so thank you so much, Holland, for coming on and sharing uh, your uh, perspective and, and uh, your lived experience. I want to spend the rest of these uh, couple minutes we got left. You have a podcast yourself and, yeah. and, and a blog uh, called Risk and Reward. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's a lot of what you know my approach is here. Um, it's more of a philosophical. How can you do it from a day to day perspective? You know, what I really want to get people thinking about what's the goal and what's the motive, right? How can I apply this? And then really, what's the motive that I'm approaching money from? Um, so I, I want it to be more of a homegrown um, podcast, if you will, as far as finances, thinking about things in a different way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. Now, I want... Almost like a trailer, if you can. So I've been friends with Holland for a while now, mm-hmm. and I've gotten to hear this fantastic story that you've recently made part of your blog or podcast. Okay. Do you know what episode that is, or where someone can go find it? Which the story, one? The story where we were talking about before the uh, we started uh, recording today. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I I got a, actually a blog. Uh, you were talking about. I just wrote it. Um, 
but I have a blog coming out in in December, and it's about a Christmas story that happened with uh, my wife and I, and how I I almost torched. We got married in late December, right, and right before Christmas because we're super smart. Because now planning our our anniversary is a lot of fun because everything's super expensive and you can't get away for Christmas. Um, but anyways, we uh, we're having a first Christmas meal and how I almost botched it to where we we're going to end up having Cheerios and Fruit Loops. I'm telling y'all, it's a wonderful story, and Holland's a gifted writer, so you no, nothing will be lost in the reading of it. So if you do one thing this holiday season, you know. Celebrate Christmas with your family. If you do two <laughs> things, you should read Holland's blog. All right. Well, thank you for joining us again. I'm Chad Jones with Allen in uh, Company, and you can reach me at 863-616-6054 at cjones at alleninvestments.com. Thanks again. Bye-bye. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult with an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Guests appearing on the show and their respective companies are not affiliated with LPL Financial and Allen & Company. Investment advisory services offered through Allen & Company of Florida, LLC, Allen & Co., and its affiliate LPL Financial LLC, LPL, registered investment advisors. Securities offered through LPL member FINRA SIPC.